Good morning. It's good to see each of you here. If you'd like to use the hymnal, we're going to be on page 692. 692, otherwise, if you would stand together, the words will be on the screen. this morning. Amen. How many are you glad to be in the Lord's house? Amen. Amen. It's a good place to be and we are ready for revival. Amen. Amen. And you may say, well, preacher, how do you know that you're ready for revival? Because everybody in the house has fought the enemy all week long. But I can tell you this, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Amen. And we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's do 
open up this service in prayer. If you've got an unspoken, just uplift your hand toward heaven. Our dear sister Tanya here, she's got a father that's in the hospital. He's not doing well. Please do remember him in prayer. Um, let's remember those that are lost without Jesus today. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, our greatest prayer is that today you'll accept him for who he is. Accept the atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ to wash away all your sins. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Some of you men that can and will gather around that old rugged cross and let's pray. And ask the Lord to bless. What do you do that for, preacher? Well, we got lost people up there we're praying for. What do you mean by lost, preacher? Well, if they to leave this world today, hell would be their home. We want them to go to heaven. And uh, we pray for them. Thank God for what He's going to do. If you got an unspoken request, just lift your hands toward heaven. God knows all about it. We'll go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Our Father in heaven, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we count it an honor and a privilege to be here in your house this Sabbath day. God, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus, the name that's above all other names, God, that you will have control of this service, God. I pray that you would touch every song that is sung. Lord, I pray that you would anoint the singers from on high. God, for my dear friend, the man of the hours, he begins to break the bread this morning. God, I pray that you would undergird him with spirit and power from heaven. God, I pray, Lord, that you would hide him behind Calvary's cross as he preaches your word. Lord, I thank you for this good crowd that's gathered here this morning. Dear God, for revival. Lord, this just shows me that the people are hungry for something. And God, we know that you've got the answers to it all. And God, I pray today, dear Lord, that if there be one, anyone, dear God, in the sound of my voice, whether here or live, dear God, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus, the name above all other names, Lord, that you would just reach down from heaven with the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. And God, that they would come to an altar of repentance before it's too late. God, we pray and put this service into your hands. We pray that you'd bless each and everything that's done here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, men. Just as far as announcements go, if you were not able to fill out a connect card in the lobby, uh, you can do that electronically if you've got a smart uh, smartphone. Just text the word welcome. It's in your bulletin. You can text the word welcome to 864-999-3556. That'll just give us record of your visit. And we would appreciate if you would do that. Also, today, after service, do us a great favor and stay over with us and have lunch. We've got a spaghetti lunch back there with desserts and all kinds of cakes and cookies and goodies back there. For you that are visiting with us, listen, it's not going to cost you a dime. It's free, free of charge, amen. And for the home folks here, if you'd like to help out, we are raising money for Cody. Cody, stand up for me, buddy. This young man is 18 year old and he's going to the Ivory Coast of Africa and we're going to help provide the funds for him to go and we're going to raise the money and uh, hopefully if you can, if you can give a little bit toward the meal, everything you give, the meal's already paid for, but if you'll give anything toward it, there's a blue bucket back there that says that uh, all, all donations will go to his <laughs> mission trip. He's going to be gone for two weeks in August. So you pray about that and uh, allow the Lord to bless you as you bless him. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Cody. Uh, young, I like to see young men with hearts for God. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. We've raised up some preachers in here. We've raised up some pastors in here. We've never, Brother Wesley raised up a missionary. But hey, there's a first time for everything, and that gets me excited. Amen. So uh, you do pray about that. And also, if you would be interested, um, these are some shirts that the church is selling for the mission work as well. The back says, one world, one mission, one soul at a time, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And it's got the church logo on the front. And those are $20, and all the profits from that will go to his mission work as well. Hey, listen, we got to spread the gospel around the world, amen? And uh, we encourage you to help all that you can with these particular events that are going on. Just a couple of other announcements. Beaver Creek Association will meet Saturday, April the 13th at the Parkway Church on Parish Bridge Road. This meeting is for everyone. It's just not for the ministers. While the ministers do business, Brother Wesley will have the youth. And uh, he will be uh, teaching them and then preaching to them during the worship hour. Ladies have a class while the men are in business. And uh, those are some real encouraging classes for our ladies as well. And then afterwards, we come together for worship. And uh, we come together for a meal afterwards. So remember that. It's on Saturday, April the 13th at the Parkway Church at 9.30 a.m. A special thank you to all that came out yesterday. We had church-wide cleanup day. And I'll be honest, I don't think we've ever had as many people to show up as we did yesterday. Uh, we were struggling to find stuff for people to do. That's a good thing, amen? Now, that don't mean next time we do it that only four show up, right? right. So uh, we do appreciate you that came out. God bless you for being a servant of the Lord. And, uh, of course, we got revival going on this week. How many is excited about revival, amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Listen, we're here to worship God. Hey, if the Lord puts upon your heart to shout, you shout. It'll be in order. If he puts it upon your heart to come around this altar and pray during the singing, during the preaching, during the offering, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to tell you, it'll be in order. God tells you to do it. It's in order. Amen. So let's worship him in truth and in spirit. Then we're going to come back tonight at 6 o'clock and have service. Brother John Shamblin going to be preaching for us from Glasgow, Kentucky. I'll have to tell you a little later how that came about. God was in it is all I can tell you. And uh, we do appreciate that him being here and him and his family all the way from Glasgow. Got some folks. Brother Phil's all the way from Ohio back there. Have a young lady from Romania came just to see me today. And I'm not even going to preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you what. But uh, welcome to our church. We hope and pray that you have felt the presence of the Lord. And uh, also attention to all of our men. If you can assist this week with uh, traffic control and the parking lots and, and uh, seating of people, we would be gladly... Uh, appreciate it if you could do that because uh, sometimes the parking gets real tight they have to start parking in the yard out front and uh, hey that's okay we'll we'll work it through if you men can stop up uh, stop by early uh, and just uh, come on in and be prepared for that if you would and, uh, for all of our men here at the church we're going to take a mission trip down to Santee South Carolina we're gonna go to the Emmanuel Free Will Baptist Church and we're gonna do some work for that church on May the 18th Preacher, why are you going down there to help that church? Well, it's a church that has got elderly people in it. They don't have very many people there, uh, maybe 15 or 17 from what I understand. And I was told the pastor was in his 70s, and he is the youngest member. And we're going to go down with some people from all over the state, and we're going to go through uh, uh, our state office and the disaster relief team, and we're going to go in. We're going to do a beautification, one-day beautification project there. We're going to change all of the uh, faucets and fixtures out. We're going to uh, clean up the building. We're going to clean up the yard. We're going to plant some trees, sling some mulch, whatever we can do. 
And uh, we're hoping and praying that we'll have about 80 men or so to show up to where we can get that done. They're even wanting to paint the sanctuary. Brother Raymond Hamilton will tell you, do not put a paintbrush in my hand. Amen. So I'll be out slinging mulch because I sling paint the way I sling mulch. It'll be everywhere. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> but you do remember all of these events that are going on. You see, that's why the devil's mad. Amen. You sending a kid to, to Africa to win souls for Christ, the devil gets mad. You get in the midst of revival, the devil gets mad. You moving forward for the cause of Christ, the devil gets mad. But praise God, I know one that's greater than Satan today. And I know the one that is able, amen, to see us through. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. But this time we're going to receive our morning's tithe and offering. Let us do stand and have our ushers to come at this time. worship the Lord. Amen. Would you make welcome all the way from Harriman, Tennessee, the Joyers this morning. Let me say just a word before we sing this morning. I, um, the Lord is so good to us and I, uh, uh, Brother Todd and Tina and the church and and the Parsons have been so kind last night, and we drove about 418 miles, and we retired when we got here, and they helped us get in. We appreciate that so very, very much, and uh, your church has been so, so kind to us, and uh, I don't know this morning, I, uh, I, I want Deb to sing this song called A Touch of His Hand. Uh, she wrote this song in 1986, and... Uh, I really need a touch of his hand this morning. And uh, I don't know of anybody that don't need a touch this morning, but I need a touch of his hand. And uh, I want Deb to sing this, and uh, 
I don't, the Lord just put it there that I, that that's what I need this morning. You listen, she sings for you. With burdens so hard to bear, I feel like they're much more than my share. Then I'm reading God's word, His promise to me, and I reach for a touch of His. Forsaken me, I can feel the presence of a great angel band, and I reach for a touch of him. Out of the way this morning. This song seems to never get old. Walking along so unaware that one step ahead was Satan's snare. His plan was to hush my praise and bring me down in defeat. Satan's big scheme just might have worked, but there was one Break me out of harm's way. 
Guide me out of Satan's reach. Rejoice in victory. They break me out of harm's If I had a choice that I could make to be very rich or to be safe, I'd have to remember all the time that I've needed the Lord. And how badly I needed Him today, and how He just told somebody to pray, knowing my God is sweeter and far more precious than Oh, my. 
prayed me out of Satan's reach. Rejoice me in victory, they prayed me out of harm's way. The Father just told him of my need, and they prayed me out of Satan's reach. Rejoice me in victory, they prayed me out of harm's way. Step ahead was Satan's snare. His plan was to hush my praise and bring me down in defeat. Satan's big scheme just might have worked, but there was one thing he overlooked. Some little saint had listened to God and got on their knees. And somebody Somebody to pray, knowing my God is sweeter and far more precious than gold. And somebody pray, pray me out of harm's way. Some spirit filled child has touched the Lord for me today. The Father just told him of Pray me out of Satan's reach, rejoice in victory, they pray me out of harm's way. The Father just told him of my need, and they pray me out of Satan's reach, rejoice in victory, they pray me out of harm's way. designed a master plan he exchanged the sinner for the sinless one Jesus left his home on high came to earth to bleed and die he said father not my will but thine be done 
God's mercy and His grace. He's prepared for us a place. Words cannot describe the matchless beauty there. We will praise the perfect Lamb, King of kings, the great I am. He has made the joys of heaven ours to share. He is mine. He is mine. I am blessed beyond all measure. He is mine. I have pardoned full and free through the I'd like to say that uh, I love the Lord this morning. He's the dearest friend I've ever had. I just thank him for all his blessings on me. And I thank you for all you wonderful people. I just want to praise him this morning and thank him for loving me. Have you ever wondered As sometimes we all do Why good things come to others Yet they seem to pass by you Why the more you try to serve Him The harder things seem to get Well I'm glad to say There's a brighter day And we are not home yet Home is a land of splendor it's a place of purity light. No sickness, no sorrow, no crying. Everything will be alright. Now listen. For the first time I'll see Jesus. Even though we've already met. 
Madison, right here. We've been in this spot. Listen. Have you ever walked through a valley? Satan whispers, no one cares. When all hope is gone, child, you're not alone. I know, cause I've been there. That's when my Lord reminds me. Cause sometimes I forget. I'll lay these burdens down, take up my robe and crown, and we are not holding. Home is a land of splendor. It's a place of beauty light. No sickness, no sorrow, no crying. Everything will be alright. For the first time, Even though we've already met, grace is right, the best is yet to come, and we are not home yet. Grace is right, the best is yet to come, and we are not home How many of you have ever been in a place you just didn't absolutely didn't know what to do? Which way to turn? I, uh, my mama, this next uh, Mother's Day was in the hospital four years ago. And uh, for all practical purposes, she had a stroke brought on by UTI. I didn't know it could happen, but it does. And uh, I, I was getting grief. Deb and I, I guess, you know, we got the chore of being there and doing what needed to be done. And I was getting grief from the rest of the family. Well, I didn't do this. Why don't you do that? So I finally just, smartphones, I just flipped my phone out, and I recorded everything the doctor said, and I just forwarded it to him. I said, now, leave me alone. <laughs> this is what he said. This is what they're going to do. And... Uh, the doctors at the hospital said, your mama will never be able to live by herself again. And I said, well, what about a nursing home? Oh, she's not been a patient in the hospital, so she don't qualify to go there. I said, well, sir, she doesn't have any money. She doesn't even own the home that she lives in. She doesn't have anything. Well, I don't know what you're going to do. Long story short, Deb and I took her home with us took her to her family doctor the next day and he walked in and he said I talked to her and he said well I don't even need to look at any charts you've had a stroke I can tell by your speech and your demeanor you've had a stroke and he checked her out and he come back and he said but listen you go home yeah. and you live by yourself just like you always have you're a healthy young woman and she's in her 80s <laughs> And he looked at us and he said, but you call and check on her. 
Mama's 87, still living by herself. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But you talk about a trying time, and yet I didn't have a clue what we were going to do or how we were going to do. But I'm glad this morning that I serve a heavenly Father who knows every need. I don't care what the situation, he's right there if we'll let him be. This is we sing for you. Have you ever walked through a valley? Satan whispers, no one cares. When all hope is gone, child, you're not alone. I know, cause I've been there. That's when my Lord reminds me. Cause sometimes I forget how ladies burn. And we are not home yet. Home is a land of splendor. It's a place of beauty, love. No sickness, no sorrow, no crying. Everything will be alright. For the first time. Even though we've already met, praise is right, the best is yet to come, and we are not home yet. Praise is right, the best is yet to come, and we are not home yet. Can I just follow the Lord this morning? I'd like the Parsons to come and sing, It is well with my soul, before the preacher preaches, because it is well. Amen? Listen, with the world that we're living in today, if it's not well with your soul, may I introduce you to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, today. Because I'm here to tell you, there is nothing better than the Lord Jesus. Listen, these folks come a long way to be with us today and to... Worship with us. Some of you have traveled a long way. And uh, I thank you for being here. I don't take it for granted that you would choose to be here. But I'm glad that we still serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm glad that he's still on the throne. I'm glad that I'm looking toward that heavenly city called heaven. And church, I'm here to tell you it's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. After they sing this song, and uh, I'm going to just go... I don't know if I have a closer friend in the ministry than Brother Wesley Campbell. I love him to death. He's my brother in Christ. Probably not a day goes by we don't talk on the phone at least once or twice. And uh, he's my friend. He'll bless you if you'll listen to him here in just a little bit. Folks, you sing for us. When peace like a river
Amen. Thank God it's well with my soul. I said, thank God it's well with my soul. It may not be well anywhere else, but it's well with my soul. Thank God for that today. What a promise. My favorite verse is that last verse. One day that trumpet's going to sound. My faith shall be sight. Can you imagine the day? Can you imagine the day that we see Jesus face to face? You say, why you fight so hard? Why you preach? I'm ready for that day. I'm I'm ready to see that day unfold. And I can't wait to hear that trumpet sound. Amen. Uh, Take your Bibles, Genesis 32. I'm privileged to be here. It's my honor to be here with my friends and great friends in the ministry. and uh, This is a great meeting. It's a great meeting to be a part of. And it's an honor to be a part of this meeting. And, uh, God does great things in this meeting every year. And uh, I look forward to it. It's refreshing for me. Uh, many times um, I've found, man, help to get through the rest of the year right here. And... Uh, I, I, I told you before, and I'll tell you again, I probably will never forget that corner behind that cross over there, because uh, God helped me there. God met me there, and uh, I believe I saw the Lord there that night, and uh, this is the, don't, don't, don't miss what God is doing this week. You don't want to miss this. Uh, you don't want to miss what God does in this meeting. This is one of the greatest meetings uh, that we have uh, in this country, I'm telling you. Uh, it's God-filled, uh, it's prayed for, it's been prayed over. Uh, you think this meeting's only been prayed over a few weeks. This meeting's been prayed over for years. And this service that we're in today has been prayed over for a year, I know. And uh, you, get your, you get your family here this week. You get somebody here this week that needs some help. So when they go to another church, get them here. Get them here and let God minister to them this week. Genesis 32, we're going to start reading in verse 22. Uh, <clears throat> when you find your place, stand with me. If you can, you're able. Um, good to have my family with me today. Uh, love being in church with my family. You say, well, that's odd for you to say that. Well, when you have to go a lot and not be in church with your family, it means a lot. Uh, you learn not to take it for granted, each service you have with your family. And so it's good to have them. And, um, this scripture tonight, or this morning, it's It's familiar. It's familiar text. It's, it's, um, we've heard preaching out of it a thousand times, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I want to dive into this thing this morning uh, and look at what God showed me, and, and maybe I can be a help to you. The Bible said, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons, passed over the fort Jabbok. And he took them and sent, over, sent them over the brook and sent over that he had, Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. The hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. He said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men 
and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. He said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. You can be seated this morning. When you study the life of Jacob, you have to begin early in the book of Genesis. And you will find that Jacob in his very name, his very origin of his name, means trickster. Deceiver. He's a manipulator. He, he's known for lying. This is a man that has tried to manipulate his entire life. Everything that comes into his life, he tries to put his hands in and manipulate it for his good. He will do whatever he has to do to get a heads up on someone. He, he will lie. He will cheat. He will steal. And when you study the life of Jacob from his birth, you will find that even in birth, the Bible said that when Esau was born, when Jacob came out, he grabbed the heel of his brother. He tried there to manipulate his life from the beginning of his very life. If we continue on with his story and, and his life, we will find that later on in his life they're, they're out in the field and his brother comes in from, from being in the field and Jacob has some food. And the Bible said that Esau wanted some food. Jacob saw a moment of weakness in his brother and he chose to exploit it. He, he chose to manipulate. He chose to get a heads up because he saw the weakness of his brother. And he said to him, he said, I will give you some food, but you must first sell me the birthright. He's trying to get the, to be the greatest. He's trying to get himself elevated in stature and in popularity. And Esau, in a moment of weakness, he sells the birthright to his brother. But it does not stop there with Jacob. The lies and the manipulation continue. It's later on that him and his mother concoct a plan, and they come up with this plan for Jacob to rob of the blessing. And so Jacob they, they killed the animal and they put the hair of the skins of the animal on Jacob and he goes in before his father and his father being almost blind he asks this question pay attention he said who is this who are you and Jacob standing there knowing who he is he said I'm Esau and he said well come here let me feel you he began to feel the hair he said oh yeah that's Esau Esau was a hairy man and the Bible said that there he got the blessing of his father he stole the blessing from his brother and when Esau comes in Esau vows to kill his brother he said I will kill you Jacob from that moment forward Esau and Jacob would split Esau would hate his brother but Jacob you would think would stop lying you would think he would stop manipulating you would think he would try to follow after the Lord but what happens is Jacob continues on that same path. The Bible said that he goes to a place and he sees Rachel. He falls in love with this beautiful woman named Rachel. But the Bible said that the next morning when he went to marry her, he wakes up with old cross-eyed Leah. The trickster has been tricked. There's a great, there's a great sermon right there. The Bible said, and behold, the next morning, behold, it was Leah. Jacob hates Leah. 
He hates his life with Leah. He hates everything about it because for the first time in his life, he has not been able to manipulate. He's not been able to set himself up. He's not been able to control everything in his life. And and we know the story. He goes back and he works for Rachel. He marries Rachel. And then Jacob's still got some lion left in him. He goes in and he takes all the good animals and he leaves Laban, his father-in-law, with all the bad animals. And Laban now hates Jacob. He's wanting to come after Jacob. And and then we find Jacob coming to a place that the Bible said that, that he laid his head down on this stone and he made it a pillow. And there that night as he began to dream, he saw the vision of a ladder that extending up into heaven and angels ascending and descending upon the ladder. And the Bible said at the top of that ladder he saw God. And Jacob had this vision. He wakes up the next morning and he said, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. And Jacob goes on and calls that place Bethel. Bethel is a great place. Bethel is a place of visions. Bethel is a place of good things. Bethel is a place of relaxation. It is a good place for Jacob. At Bethel he becomes a son of God. At Bethel things begin to change in Jacob's life. But we're not talking about Bethel this morning. We're talking about a place called Peniel. It is at Peniel that things would change for Jacob forever. It was not just at Bethel, but at Peniel, the Bible said that Jacob said, I saw the Lord face to face. I saw God face to face. At Bethel, he saw him afar. At Bethel, he saw the vision. But at Peniel, he would see victory. At Bethel, he become a son of God. But at Peniel, he would become a saint of God. At Bethel, he would be a blessed man. But at Peniel, he would find that he's a broken man. you got to understand something. We all want to live at Bethel. Bethel is a great place. But if you ever want to see God face to face, you might have to go to Peniel. And here he is at Peniel. Things are going to change for Jacob now. Everything in his life is going to change now. Bethel didn't change him like we thought it would. And so now, the Bible said that Jacob, he thinks that everything's good now. And he, he said, send word to my brother Esau, I'm alive. Tell him I'm good. Everything's great. Let him know I want to see him. He's figuring everything's just going to be okay. And they go to Esau, and they come back. And he said, did you talk to him? Yeah, we talked to him. He said, okay, he'd like to meet you. But he's bringing 400 men with him. It's not the word Jacob wanted to hear because he knew then that Esau is still out for vengeance. Esau's still going to kill him. So Jacob begins to manipulate yet again. Olivia, he takes his family and he splits his family. He, he takes one and he sends them over this way. He takes the other and he sends them over that way. And he said this, if Esau catches up with one and he kills this family, at least I'll have this one left. He's trying to manipulate and change everything for him. Is good. You say, why you keep saying that? It's because I believe we've got a lot of people in here that's been to Bethel. They've seen, they've seen the vision of God. They've been touched by the presence of God. But yet we still are trying to manipulate our own life. We're trying to fix everything in our life. We're trying to conjure up good things. We're trying to make all this stuff just happen. We're trying to lie. We're doing whatever we can to advance us. But you've got to understand it. 
it's not going to work by your hand. It's not going to be any good by your hand. But if we could see God face to face, if we could see Him for who He is, we would see something that would change our life. So Jacob splits them up. Now, i got to get into this thing now. Jacob splits them up, and the Bible says that he goes over, and he's there at Peniel. And so I'm going to give you three simple things today. You hear me? Somebody say three things. I only got three things, but I got about six sub things. Amen. Number one, this is simple as cornbread. You hear me? This is easy. Number one, I want you to notice the condition of Jacob. His condition. Notice where he is. The Bible said that he is there at Peniel. He is alone. He is alone. He is alone. Anybody hear me right here? He is alone. He is by himself. If we're ever going to see God face to face, listen to me. You cannot ride on somebody else's coattails. You can't just get in. And know sometimes you've got to go at it by yourself. If you really want to see Him, if you really want to experience Him, it ain't going to be because of somebody else. It's going to be because you hungered and thirsted after God so much that you said, I'm willing to go by myself. If nobody else will go, if every Everybody else leaves me. If I lose everything in the meantime, I'm still going to go because I want to see God. I need to feel God. If you want to have revival this week, it ain't going to be because we got speakers coming in or singers coming in. It's going to be because you say, I want to see God. I want to see Him face to face. I want to change in my life. I want something more. I need something more. Our church needs revival. Our land needs revival. But first, God, I need revival. You've got to go by yourself. You can't rely on mom and daddy to save you. You can't rely on the church to save you. You can't rely on the preacher to save you. Understand me today that nobody can save you but Jesus Christ alone. He is the only one. He is the only way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to get with Him, honey, you've got to go alone. Nobody can save you but Him. You've got to go alone. You've got to meet with God by yourself. If you really want Him that bad, then you'll leave everything behind you and you'll chase after the presence of God Jacob said I can't do this with my family my daddy can't do it nobody can do it I've got to do this me listen to me said preacher I was raised in church preacher I come to church all the time I'm a good person listen to me that don't mean anything That does not mean anything in the kingdom. It does not mean anything. But if you can stand up and look me in the eye and say, Preacher, I've seen him. I've been there. I've went. Hey, man, I I know. Hey, there's a change there. Jacob is going to be changed when he sees God face to face. He's going to be changed forever. Listen to me. I preach almost every night of my life. I'm tired of just going to revival. I'm tired of just going to church. I'm ready to see the church be the church and the church start living in a place of revival but that ain't going to happen just because of the preacher that ain't going to happen because of the singer that ain't going to happen because we scheduled a meeting it's going to happen when you and I want God so bad that we will go alone 
Not only is he alone. Watch me now. He's afraid. He's afraid. What's he afraid of? Is he afraid of Esau? I'm sure. I'm sure. But I believe he's more afraid of what will happen if he leaves Peniel without seeing God. Listen to me. Jacob knows if he leaves this place the same way he came, he's doomed. Y'all ain't hearing me. Jacob knows if he leaves this place the same way he came in, he's doomed. He knows if he leaves this place and he does not feel God or see God that he's going to die. He's going to lose it all. See, maybe some of you came in this morning and you understand that if you leave here the same way you came, your marriage is done. If you leave here the same way you came, your family is going to fall apart. If you leave here the same way you came, you're doomed. You've got to be afraid to the point to say, I can't miss him. Lord, I can't miss you today. I need you. It must it must put us in a place of fear of what may happen if we don't get a hold of God. It should scare you to death to know that your children are going to be raised up in a generation that knows nothing about God. It should scare you to death to know that your grandchildren are going to be raised up in a generation that hates God. It should scare you to death that your marriage uh, right now is in trouble. It should scare you to the point uh, where you say forget it all. I need God. I can't live without Him. I can't live without Him. I need God. See, we've lost the fear of God. We've lost the fear of what may happen if we don't get a hold of Him. Listen to me. Listen to me. Preacher, I, 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 I just feel the... If you go back to that pulpit the same way you came, it's over. You better get a hold of God. If your family goes back to the same, you better get a hold of God. I know there's problems. I know there's hardships. If you walk out of here today without getting a hold of God, you're in trouble. You're doomed. Problems are going to come. But I made up in my mind before I ever pulled in the parking lot that I ain't leaving here until he blesses me. I ain't leaving until I get to him. I need him today. I need him. Hey, yes, I'm the one preaching, but I need him. I need his touch. I need his power. I need his anointing. I need God. And if I got to go by myself, honey, I'll go. But I'm just too afraid of what might happen to my children if I don't get a hold of God. I'm afraid of what might happen to our churches, Ernie, if I don't get a hold of God. I'm afraid of what might happen in this revival if we don't get a hold of God. I'd hate to leave here Friday night and everybody say, well, it was just another meeting. It was just another one of our March meetings. It was just one. No, no that, that, would, that, would, that would be the worst thing that could possibly happen. It's for us to leave here and say, well, it was just another march over there at Turning Point. No, no, no. But if we'd get hungry and we'd say, we'll see God. We want to see Him face to face. I want to see Him in His glory. I want to see Him in His splendor. Jonathan, I want to see Him in His power. And we can leave here Friday night and say, my God, we've been in the presence of the King. We've been in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm telling you, when you push through, when you press through, when you make up in your mind I cannot leave here 
until I see God, until I feel God. That's when things in your life will change. That's when you'll leave church saying, I, I've seen Him. We find he's, he's afraid. We find, watch this, we find he's aware. He's aware of where he's at. He knows where he's at. Say what you're talking about. It's dark where Jacob is. He's alone. Don't you know every sound he hears? He's wondering if it might be Esau. Jacob's sitting there in the night knowing that if he don't get a hold of God, something's going to happen. And all of a sudden he hears a sound. He starts to make sure it's not Esau. All night long, sounds are coming. How many people know that fear will produce things in you that ain't there? Fear will produce sounds that ain't really there. Fear will cause you to see things that ain't really there. Fear will cause you to do a lot of things. Fear will cause you to forget about the main thing. You say, what you're talking about? I, I was in South Georgia one time, and, and they, they put me to stay. The preacher said, I got you set up. Amen. I got you said when a preacher says that be afraid be very afraid I got done with church I said preacher where am I staying I've been on the road six hours you know come in change my clothes get up and preach I'm tired oh I got you hooked up I said okay he said follow me we start taking off down these Georgia roads so we on these dirt roads I'm thinking where in the Lord's name are we we get off on this dirt road two miles out in the woods. And there's this hunting cabin out there that looks something out of the movie Deliverance. I thought I needed a banjo to get out there. It was terrible, Joe. He said, this is it. I said, oh, God, help me. And I get out in this hunting cabin. I don't know where I'm at. You say, how'd you know it's two miles? Because when we got off the main road, I clocked that joker in my car because I needed to know how far to civilization I was going to be. Two miles. I ain't got no TV. I ain't got no internet. I ain't got no phone service. So if something does try to come kill me, I can't even email you and tell you that something's happening. I, I, I can't call out. I can't do it. I'm stuck in the middle of the stinking Georgia woods not knowing what I'm going to do. Now, y'all, all, all y'all men talking about, yeah, it wouldn't scare you, whatever. You get out there and you don't know where you at. And it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, son, and I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I, I'm looking around. I don't know where I'm at or what's going on. Finally, I say, I got to get some sleep, man. I got to get. So I lay down, and you know, you're getting ready to go to sleep, and I'm trying to focus, you hear me? Trying to get to sleep. Then all of a sudden I hear something I'm up out the bed. And I'm walking that hunting cabin. I walked that hunting cabin 150 times that night. From wall to wall looking around. I thought I heard somebody screaming outside. I walk outside thinking, my God, I'm going to die. You know, all these things. And then before I know it, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. And I ain't slept a wink, baby. You know why? Because listen to me. When you get to a place where it's dark and you start to get a little fearful, all of a sudden you forget about the main thing you're supposed to be doing. You forget about what you're supposed I was supposed to be sleeping, but I kept hearing stuff. I kept seeing stuff. I kept getting up all night long. It's the same thing spiritually. There's some of you tonight or today that want to get a hold of God, but you've got so distracted by everything going on around you. 
the devil making a bunch of noise. You're looking around. You can't focus on the presence of God. You've got to understand without God you ain't going to make it. We've got to get focused. See, the devil will make a bunch of noise. How do you know? The Bible said, for we have an adversary. He is the, de- he is the devil. He walks around as a roaring lion. Roaring lion. Roaring lion. Roaring lion. He ain't a biting lion. He's a roaring lion. You know why? Because he knows all he's got to do is make a bunch of noise. And you'll But if we'll keep our eyes focused, if we'll understand, let him do what he wants to do. But there is a line he cannot cross. I'm about to help myself. I'm about to help myself. There is a line that the devil cannot cross. I am, my God, I am sheltered. I am safe. I am protected. I'm in the, hey, glory. I'm right here with God. And the devil can come up to the line, but honey, he cannot cross it. He can't come in. I can sit there. He can roar all he wants to. He can do whatever he wants to do. But I'm sheltered in the arms of God. I'm protected by the Savior. I'm standing with God. And the devil cannot cross the bloodline. He cannot come through. So when you're scared and you're worried, just stand still and know that God has protected you. So I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Number two, we find the condition of Jacob. But number two, we find the conflict of Jacob. Now watch. He's in the dark. Y'all act like y'all like that. He's in the dark. He's alone. He's afraid. He's hearing every sound. Everything's going on. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's in a wrestling match. You thought it was bad a minute ago when you was hearing noises. And now you locked up trying to fight your way out, trying to wrestle. And you can't see what's in front of you. You can't see who's got you. You can't see what he's doing to you, Joe. You're locked up. Jacob begins to wrestle. In the middle of the night, Jacob is wrestling for his life. He is wrestling. Now, 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 now. We got to make sense. We got to put the scripture in context. The Bible said that there he wrestled with a man until the breaking of day. There he wrestled with a man. That is very important. Because when you study your Bible, you can find God in different forms. In the Old Testament, it's called a theophany. We find God like the burning bush. Theophany. That is God in a different form. The pillar of fire by night, the cloud by day. That is a theophany. That is God in a different form. But there, there is also another way. It is called a Christophany. And what a Christophany is, it is the very incarnate Christ. My God, I'm helping. I'm getting Holy Ghost bumps on my head. It is the incarnate Christ before his birth. It is Christ in a bodily form before he was ever born. He can only appear, a Christophany can only be in a bodily form. That's why the Bible said in there he wrestled with a man. He wrestled with a man. You know who he's wrestling with? He's wrestling with Jesus Christ. He is wrestling with Christ incarnate. He, yeah, I don't know if you read this scripture like I do, but when I read that and I began to study that, I said, Jacob, you a dummy. You ain't going to win. 
How many people can say, Jacob, you, you ain't going to win? We all can agree. You say, how do you know that? He's wrestling with Christ. Can I remind you real quick? Let me, let me just chase this rabbit and give it to you real quick. Let me just remind you real quick of his resume. Can I do that? He is the undefeated, undisputed champion of this world. Nobody has ever beat him. Nobody will ever beat him. He has never turned his back from a fight. He has never walked away. He has never been scared. He has never been discouraged. He has never been dismayed. There has never been a fight he cannot win. There has never been a foe he cannot beat. There has never been a storm he cannot walk on. There has never been a dead person he can't raise. There has never been a blind person that he could not make see. Hey, he is undefeated. There ain't no way Jacob's going to win this battle. Every one of us can agree to that. Say, Jacob, you're crazy. Why are you wrestling him? I got a question for you. Why are you? Why are you? If we can agree Jacob ain't going to win, you ain't going to win either. But yet there's some of you wrestling with it today. You're wrestling with God as he's convicting your heart. You're wrestling with God because, hey, deep down inside of you, God wants to do something with you this week, but you're wrestling with God. You don't want to get up out of your pew and go to an altar. People may think something's wrong with me. People may think I've got a problem. You're wrestling with God as he's trying to fix your marriage and you're not willing to get up and grab your husband by the hand or your wife by the hand and go to an old-fashioned altar and get help that you need. You're wrestling because you know your kids are out wayward and your kids are lost and undone, but yet you won't get up and go to an altar and pray that God will save them. You're wrestling this morning and you think that you're going to win. Honey, you ain't got a chance. The conflict becomes real. Jacob, Jacob, now watch me. There's going to be a determined commitment about Jacob. Listen, the Bible says that there he wrestled with a man until the breaking of day. And the Lord said, let me go for the day breaketh. Watch what Jacob says. I will not. <laughs> My God. I wish I had about three of you this morning. He said, I will not. Can I tell you that every power of hell, everything in this world is going to try to get you to let go. You can't see. You don't know what's happening. You're tired. You're weary. All this stuff's going to come up this week, I promise you. You're going to be sitting there saying, I'm tired. You're going to be wrestling with God because God's trying to get you to go to the meeting. And you're going to be sitting there saying, God, I'm tired. I can't do it. You're going to try. Jacob said, I will not let you go. I will not let you go. I will not. Hey, I wish to God that we had some people this morning to say, I will not let you go, God. I will not let go of you. I don't care what comes my way. I don't care how bad it gets. I will not let go. I'm going to hang on when you don't know what else to do, honey. Hang on when you ain't got nothing else. Hang on when you don't know what's going on in your life. Hang on. Do not let go. I remember, I remember I was, I was a young boy, had a friend live up in Camp Bella. We got in trouble, you know. We always get in trouble doing dumb stuff, you know. He, uh, my son, 
He wrecked the four-wheeler yesterday, and he got in the car, and he was asking me, he said, Daddy, you ever wrecked four-wheeler? I said, oh, yeah, a bunch. And did you get hurt? Well, and we were talking, I said, one time I got through, I have a go-kart. Me and my buddy, we was in Camp Bellum, we'd been fishing all day long, and uh, we got tired of bass fishing, and down the road was a creek. There's a creek down the road, and they had, I don't, y'all, y'all, I don't know if y'all know what these things are, called knotty heads. Anybody know what knotty heads are? They in the creek. We're going to go fish for some knotty heads because knotty heads will fight you and they're fun. And so I grabbed the fishing rod and grabbed the stuff and we jumped in our go kart. We can't drive no car, you know. So we jumped in the go kart, two seater go kart, and some we're off. I'm, I'm holding fishing rods and everything. We're going down the road. Well, my buddy thought it'd be fun. Try to slam the brakes on and flip us around. As soon as he did, I come rolling out that thing all the way down the street, fishing rods in hand, everything, son. You know, we'd just do dumb stuff. And um, out at his house, he didn't have no swimming pool. He had a pond. Amen. He had a pond, and that's where we swam. And he had a he had a zip line going across the pond. This thing's getting good already. And you had to climb up the tree, get up on the zip line, and, and push off the tree. And you'd go down the zip line and you'd fall into the pond and hope that you fell into the deep part. And so I'm up there one day. I said, let's hit this zip line, Adam. He said, all right. He said, you go first. I'll come behind you. I said, all right. I get up on that thing. I push off the tree and I take off running. And all of a sudden, I start seeing sparks. And I ain't going nowhere near as fast as what we have went in the past. The roller had done fell off the zip line. I get about halfway to the pond and I stop. I'm 20 something feet in the air, baby. And, and there's a hillside with all these pine trees under me. And I'm hanging on to a broom handle. My arms are getting tired. You hear me? I'm sweating. I'm screaming for help. Down low, we had a string that was tied from that one all the way down to another broom handle. In case we didn't want to climb the tree and we just wanted to run off the side of the hill, we'd hold on to that one. And so they're trying to pull me into the water, but we ain't moving, baby. We ain't moving. I am scared out of my mind. I'm 20 feet in there. I'm thinking my leg's going to break, my arm's going to break. I'm trying to... Fix myself. Did it get into my mind? I'm going to break some stuff here in just a minute. This is going to hurt. And you know what they're saying? They're saying, hold on. Don't let go. I'm thinking, I know this. I know this. I ain't let go. Why in the world would I let go? And they, don't let go. Hold on. You say, why did you tell me that? Because you're thinking the same thing today. I'm telling you to hold on. And some of you are sitting there thinking, I know this. I've been in church my whole life. But you better listen to me good. It's going to start hurting. It's going to start getting hard. It's going to start, hey, you're going to start sweating. But honey, you better hold on. When you ain't got nothing left, you hold on. Because if you let go now, you are never going to make it. Hold on. Hold on to your marriage. Hold on to your family. Hold on to your church. Hold on to revival. We find he had a determined commitment. If we're ever going to see God face to face, it's because we are determined to get there. So many churches today are not determined to get to the presence of God and have Holy Ghost meeting. 
Holy Ghost revival. We're not determined enough to get to God. You understand, it don't matter who's preaching. It don't matter who's singing. If you get to God, everything else is just extra. Amen. There's a determined commitment, but let me hurry. There's a definite change. The Bible says that, 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 that the Lord took his hand and he put it in the hollow of Jacob's thigh and he put his thigh out of joint. He put his hip out of joint. And, and, and somebody say right there, just say, ow. Because that had to hurt. You know, and I don't know about you, but if my thigh got put out of joint, Ron, I'm done, baby. I'm done. I'm over because I'm screaming. It's over. But Jacob held on. Y'all ain't hearing me. Despite the pain, he held on. Despite the problem, he held on. He couldn't get any comfort. He couldn't get any relief. But he held on. It was excruciating. But he held on. See, if you want God bad enough, all of hell wouldn't be able to stop you. Do you know that, that, that when your hip comes out of joint... There's ways your hip can come out. It can, it can come out uh, interior, anterior. It can come out lateral. Uh, so if your hip was to come out to this side, Kenny, I, just to help you and relieve the pain, I could take your leg and begin to pull on it. And it's called what's called tension. I can pull tension on your leg. And, and what's going to happen is that bone where it slipped out, we're hoping we can bring that thing back down. And it will instantly relieve pain. And if your hip comes out to the inside, I can do the same thing. If your hip was to come out this way to the front, I can do the same thing. But there's one way that I can't help you. And that is if your hip goes from the hollow back. Because now I can't get that, I can't get that tension to pull that bone back down. Study, study. The Bible said he put his hand in the hollow of Jacob's thigh. The hollow is here. <laughs> from this moment, from this point, he's not, he can't push this way and he can't push this way. There's only one way he's going out of joint, and that's to the back. Amen. Watch me, where there is no instant relief. What are you going to do when it starts to hurt so bad and there's no relief? What are you going to do when your family is hurting so bad and there's no relief? That's where many of us, Keith, we say, okay, take me back to Bethel. I can't do this. Just take me back to Bethel. I can't do this. But if you leave now, you ain't going to see him face to face. So when Jacob's hurting, he holds on. He said, I'm not letting you go. Can you imagine as the Lord kept pulsing Jacob and turning Jacob, all the pain that was going on with that. He said, I ain't letting go, God. I'm not letting go, God. See, listen to me. If you would make up in your mind today, young people, if you would make up in your mind today, mom and daddy, that no bad, no matter how bad it hurts, no matter what I gotta go through, I gotta see God. I've got to see him face to face. I've got to see him. I cannot leave here without seeing him. Watch me. And then I'm done. I want to go back for my third point. I want to use one of my subpoints from back to my third point. I want to talk about the definite change again. I want to stay there for just a minute. The definite change is point number three. Now watch me. The Bible said from that moment on, 
Jacob halted upon his thigh. Can I break that down? Redneck for you. We got some Ohio people. We can't break redneck too bad, man. We got some Kentucky folk. We got to break that thing hillbilly. Watch me. You know what that word halt means? He limped. From that moment forward, he limped. Every step he took. He's going to remember that night. Y'all ain't hear him. Every step he takes, he's going to remember that night in Peniel. <laughs> because there's a change. Listen to me. When you see him face to face, you ain't going to leave the same way you came. Hallelujah. You cannot leave the same way. Hey, if you say, preacher, I've seen God face to face, but you're still walking just fine. Everything's the same way. No, honey, you ain't seen him yet. There ain't been a change in you. If there has been no change, there has been no salvation. If there has been no change, listen to me, there has been no salvation because what God touches, he changes. Now watch. Now watch me. Now watch me. Now watch. And the Bible said, and he began to hold upon his thigh. And the Bible said, and the Lord blessed him there. Y'all missed that. He didn't bless him down the road. He didn't bless him back at Bethel. He didn't wait till he crossed the brook. He blessed him at Peniel. The hardest times of your life, God can bless you right there. At the worst time of your life, God can bless you right there. I'm glad to know He is a very present help in time of trouble. He is a God that is alive and well, and He's everywhere I go, and in the midst of my torment, He is there. And He blessed Him there. Now watch now watch. And the Bible said as Jacob began to leave, he halted upon his thigh. And the sun rose upon him. Huh. Why didn't it just say the sun rose? But the sun rose upon him. Ernie, he's been in the dark all night long. He hadn't been able to see. Don't you know as Jacob began to leave that place confused... Wondering what in the world just happened and why. Why he's hurting so bad. Why God had to do it this way. All of a sudden the sun began to come up on his back. <laughs> he started to feel a little warm. And then he was able to start seeing just a little bit clearer. Hey, See, I'm glad that when you don't understand why. And you don't know what's going on. Amen. The sun will rise. God will. Nah, y'all ain't hearing me. The sun will come up. You say, how do you know that? Because Psalm chapter number 30, verse number 5. For weeping may endure for the night, but joy, but joy comes in the morning. There is coming a day, honey, that the sun will rise again. There is coming a day that God is going to reveal himself. There is coming a day that as you're walking and you're remembering everything that's went on in your life, God's just going to lift the sun to smile on you. Told this the other night, I believe. I don't know. I preached all week. I don't know where I was at. My first, our first child, we lost our first child. And many of you know that. 
hardest time of my life is when we lost our first baby. And I've lost with my dad, and I love my dad, most godly man I've ever met in my life, and my daddy. But it was so hard when I lost that baby. And, and it was times were so rough, man. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to talk to each other. My wife and I, we would go past each other, wouldn't even speak. I can remember sitting in the living room at nighttime, the TV off, me just sitting there, her on the couch crying herself to sleep, no, not even saying a word because we didn't know what to do. And I remember getting mad at God and questioning God. And I remember the pain was so excruciating. It was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. It was like my hip was out of joint. And so I had a choice to make. Either I let go or I hold on. Can I be honest with you? I was about to let go. I was that close. I was about to let go. I made up in my mind I was done. It was over. But I went to church one Sunday morning. And I was up in the choir, and I didn't care. I didn't want to be there. I was in the choir because that's where I was always at on Sunday morning. I didn't care about worshiping. I didn't care about nothing. And then all of a sudden, there was a 96-year-old man on the second row of that church that hurt in his body every step he took, everything that hurt. I mean, all the pain. That man stood to his feet with what strength he had in his body. And he lifted up his hand toward heaven. He'd put his fist up. He would stand there. And all of a sudden, about that moment, the atmosphere began to change. Something began to happen. Something began to move. And I started to feel something. And all of a sudden I'm wrestling up there in that choir loft. Because I ain't wanting to give. I ain't wanting to, I ain't wanting to forgive God. I'm mad at God. I ain't, I'm wrestling up there in that choir. I can't get comfortable. I can't I keep moving back and forth. All this stuff. I see my wife. She's on this side of the choir. She begins to weep. And I watch her run to the altar. And I watch her fall out. And I'm wrestling God. I ain't going down there. Because I know if I go down, I ain't going down there. Now I'm wrestling with God. And all of a sudden, God, it was almost like he got me in a headlock. Man, I come out of that pew and I was running down to that place. And I fell down on my face and said, Oh God, oh God, it hurts so bad. Oh God, but I'm going to hold on. Lord, I ain't going to quit. Lord, I need you. God, I, hey, it was there. Listen to me. You, you see God face to face? Nope. Nope. Nope, but I held on. Had my son. We later on we got pregnant with my son. They told us to abort him. We weren't supposed to have him. Ninety-eight percent. The doctor said he'd be a stillborn. He's nine. Uh, and then, then we had my my daughter, and uh, I can remember my baby's my baby girl. She's six, and about four and a half years ago. Uh, when we moved home, I've been in evangelism five years. Can you believe that? And uh, anyway, we, we was at home, and I had my little girl. Y'all know what you know what you do with your baby. You're a daddy. You throw them up there, and you catch them. And, and I'd throw up there, and, and she'd, she'd be in the air, and she'd be laughing. And she'd say, Daddy! And I'd catch her. And I threw her up in the air, and she'd say, Daddy! And I'd catch her. And I threw her up in the air one time. We were standing in our home. And I threw her up in the air. And I'm staring at that little girl. And she's saying, Daddy. And I saw God face to face. God said, that's why I took the first one. God said, had I not took the first one, you wouldn't be enjoying this grace right now. Sometimes it hurts so bad. But if you'll just hold on, there's coming a day 
that you will see. You'll see God face to face. There's not a day goes by that I don't think about that baby. There's not a day goes by that I don't think about how bad it hurts. But then there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about the day I saw him face to face. And because of that, honey, I'll go back to Peniel. I'll go back. I'll go back to Peniel. Because I remember what it's like when I saw him face to face. There's, the Bible said, can you play for me? The Bible says, it says this. It says, there's coming a day that we shall, we shall see him as he is. And we shall be like him. Oh my God. I may, I may never escape the pain of this world. And I may never see him like that again. But honey, there's coming a day. There's coming a day. I say, bless the Lord. There is coming a day that I shall see him as he is. Is, and I shall be like him. There's coming a day I will see his face. It may be bad, but I am going to see his face. Hey, how bad? How bad do you want to see God face to face this week? How bad? Stop playing the games. Stop sitting at Bethel thinking it can only get this good. Stop staying up on the mountaintop thinking you ain't got nothing else to see. We need to see God. So I wonder this morning how many of us will pack our suitcases, pack our bags, and take a trip to Peniel. Peniel may cost you something. Peniel may hurt you. You may get tired at Peniel. How bad do you want him? Because if you want him bad enough, Peniel's just a drop in the bucket. Peniel ain't nothing. Because when you see his face, it'll be worth every mile. It'll be worth every trial. It'll be worth every heartache. Just to see it. Heads bowed, eyes closed all over the house. You're in the house today. You're lost. You're in the house today. Nobody's looking. You're lost. You know that if you died this moment, you'd go to hell. That should scare you to know that if you leave this place today without getting a hold of God, that hell could be your home. Maybe you're here and you say, Preacher, I'm lost. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out or come to you. But if that's you with nobody, nobody's looking, would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Preacher, I'm lost. I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven. Don't wrestle no more with God. If that's you, raise your hand. Preacher, I'm not sure. Maybe you're here today and you say, Preacher, I know I'm saved, but I've got away from God. I'm not where I need to be with God. That's you right now. Would you slip your hand up? Slip it up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Right here. God bless you. Right here. Maybe you're here today and you know you're saved. 
You know you're born again. But you want to see God face to face this week. You want to see God in His glory. You want to see God do some mighty things this week. You're willing to go to Peniel. If that's you right where you are, this is what I want you to do. Listen closely. If you want God bad enough this week, I want you to stand to your feet right where you are. I just want you to stand to your feet right where you are. Preacher, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do. I want to see God this week. I want to see Him face to face. I want to feel Him. I want to experience Him this week. Now, with everybody looking this way, there's a lot of people standing to their feet. Now, if you mean that, why don't you get out of your pew right now and head to a penny? Why don't you get out right now and head to a penny? If you don't mean it, stay where you are. But if you mean that, I need to see God. Go ahead and head to a penny.
And when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and he leads me through the promised land, what a day, a glorious day. second verse right here. You be obedient unto the Lord. Amen. There'll be no more sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. There'll be no more sickness and no service one. 